You're listening to After the Jack, a McPherson Media Group production. Hello and welcome to another edition of After the Jack. In the actual studio this time, we've uh, we've moved from uh, from where we were hosting it. We're we're now in a, a very flash new studio. Uh, with me today is uh, Ash Williamson. Ash, uh, welcome to the show. Thanks, Tyler. They say change is as good as a holiday, and I'm embracing the new setting for our show today. Oh, well, as a school teacher, mate, you get plenty of holidays anyway. Uh, <laughs> That's Brian, right. uh, welcome back, mate. Uh, how are you doing this week? Yeah, good, thanks. Tyler, and um, hello to Ashley as well. Now, we don't have a, an in-person guest this week on the show, boys, but I did chat to Matt Flapper today, mm. so we'll uh, we'll roll into that conversation a, a little bit later on ahead of his uh, game with Shepparton Golf this weekend. Well, it's funny you mention that, Tyler. I um, I'd actually headed out to Shep Golf this afternoon to try and get a bit of a head start for Shep Park, but the greens were all red carpet for, for Flapper's arrival on Saturday, so I, I couldn't get the jump on, I think. Uh, obviously, the, the Parkers might need a bit of extra divine intervention on Saturday if we're going to upset Shepherd and Golf, but it'll be a great Saturday, great promotion for GV Bowls, having an Australian representative, Commonwealth Games representative and former Bowler of the Year playing in our competition, Brian. Yeah, it certainly will. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of um, bowlers not in favour of it, and when you're in the media, you 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 can't you can't win really, whether you're whether you're for it or against it, you've got to be trying to be neutral and see both sides of the story. But I think um, overall it is a promotion for bowls and just because golf's jumped the gun a bit and beat everybody else to it. I think Shep Park, um, well, if I was in the hierarchy there, I would have tried to match, get Aaron Sheriff or someone down. <laughs> They've got the money to do it. I'm, I'm a believer that if um, you fight fire with fire... And it would have, wouldn't that have been an unbelievable um, if they would have picked up Jeremy Henry or Aaron Sheriff to come down and play for Shep Park? Yeah, well, it certainly would have been, uh, you know, fighting fire with fire, as you said. But, um, you know, like I look at it from, you know, a personal point of view and I'm going to be lucky enough to be picked to have an opportunity to possibly play against the same rink as, as Matt Flapper and at least be on the same Green as him, and you know, I'm, I'm obviously under no illusions that uh, we'll need to pull out absolutely everything to be a chance of upsetting Shepherd and Golf. But you know, at the end of the day, the re- I know the result's important, but to have an opportunity like this, I mean, I, I'm pr- pretty confident I'll probably never have an opportunity again to grace the green with someone of his stature in in lawn bowls. So I, I'm fully embracing that opportunity on Saturday. Yeah, well, if I was in your position, I'd be looking forward to it too. There's no doubt about that. But, and, yeah, so you'll be counting the hours, I think, Ash, to get out there. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking at the clock every every minute and every hour at school waiting for um, 3.30 on Friday so I can uh, look forward to Saturday out there at Shepparton Golf. Starting earlier as well, 12.30 um, start for that game to give Shepparton Golf's bowlers um, some chance to finish their game early. They're playing quite around the region, Tyler, I understand, in all their grades so they can get back to their club and enjoy the sportsman's night with Matt Flapper on Saturday night. Yeah, certainly. It's a, it's a great buy-in, not only from from golf to be able to to pull off something like this, but from the the clubs that they're playing this weekend to to you know agree to the early starts and and to really um, be involved in in what is like you said a, a great 
a, a great weekend for for Goulburn Valley Bowls, but also um, just really exciting. It's, it's great to have a buzz around bowls this season, and I think the entire season, with with especially how close the the top div is, has has had a real buzz about it. And I mean, this just adds so much more to it. Yeah, certainly. Um, looking back, Brian, do we want to look at Saturday pennant from the weekend, the uh, rain shortened round, or do you want to go with Tuesday just gone? Oh, no, you can kick off with the Saturday. Yeah, yep. So obviously rain interrupted a lot of the bowls in the region on Saturday, but um, kicking things off were Tally, Garupna and East Shepherd and under lights at Tally on Friday night, the first Friday night game of the season. I was out there for most of that game having a bit of a look and it was a, certainly a great spectacle. Um, Lots of people supported that, whether it was from the Tally Cricket Club, um, obviously Tally Garupner and East Shep's other bowlers as well. Um, and I even uh, had a good chat to Brad Dutchy Holland, who um, played or coached South Bendigo to their premiership last year, good friends with Mitch Sybottom, and he came over with uh, Travis Bradley. They call him Trapper. Um, I think he's a bit of the Brian Nisbet of Bendigo Bowls over there, does a couple of um, a radio show and heavily involved in the publicity there. So it was good to have a chat to him. And he, he mentioned that um, he'd had a bit of a listen to the podcast as well. So that was um, a bit of a plug for us. So it was good to see lots of different people out there. Um, and Tally Garupna got the job done 16-2. They won three of the rinks. Mark Ryan beat Daniel Nichols by two. That was a really good game. Um, Daniel, or Daniel's rink had some chances to probably pinch that one for, for East Shepparton, but in the end, Rhino got over the line by two shots. Uh, Mitch Sidebottom was the big winner, 32-18 um, over Ash Lawler. Um, Ash Lawler's availability is going to be a question mark throughout most of the year. I think he works a lot of Saturdays, but he was able to play last Friday, um, and um, Mitch was able to get over the top of him, so it'll be interesting to see um, Lawler's availability going forward. Gunning, Brett Gunning had a big win back in town, uh, 27-11 over Jeff Beattie. Um, so that was a big result for him after a couple of losses. Um, but Brent Reiner, the um, East Shepparton coach, was able to get some pride back for East Shep, two points, um, beating Matt Robertson by three shots. So it wasn't a complete whitewash. Um, the game was pretty close throughout most of the night. There was sort of 7 to 12 shots in it and Tally pulled away late. So uh, this game sort of uh, was going to be season-defining, I thought, for both sides. East Shepparton now a couple of wins outside the top four. Uh, only one win in the opening five rounds of the season, whereas Tally's in the top four for the first time this year, Brian. So that sort of uh, sets them up now to launch. They've got Stanhope this weekend, which we'll touch on later. But um, really great to see Friday night, Friday night bowls back in the region. Yeah, it certainly was. I was uh, on my way back, commuting back from seeing my daughter and granddaughter and son-in-law up in Laguna. So I... Uh, the time I got back, the match would have been half over. So uh, was it, I was keen. I looked up the score Friday. You know, I thought uh, Tally would get up. So yeah, Tally obviously would expect to be pretty hard to beat most home games, and certainly this has set their season up uh, to really try and make that top two push for the rest of the season. Other Division One games, the whole round got completed um, with three Saturday games. Shep Park played undercover and uh, beat. Stanhope by 30 shots, 16-2. Paul Nichols uh, led the charge, was well supported with Paul Warren. Great to see him get his first win of the season against Brad Robinson. Um, and Dennis Smythe, uh, consistent as always as well with his rink win. Shane Walsh gra- grabbed two points for Stanhope, beating Josh Warren in what was a really tight 
drink contest there. And the other game, Shep Golf, wet and windy conditions. They had to play Brave the Elements um, and beat a Valiant Hilltop, uh, winning on all rinks by a total of 15 shots, with David Dawes winning by six over David Cartwright, the, the highest result there. So that was Cartwright's first loss of the season. And completing the round, Kai also um, braved the elements against Euroa. Too classy in that contest. Uh, Rob George, Greg Schilling and Dane Gade uh, won their, their rink contest for Kai, with Tony Kingma flying the flag for Euroa with two points, beating Glenn Fields. Um, there was a couple of other lower divisions that managed to get completed as well. In Division 4, Euroa was dominant against the disappointing Park, winning by 45 shots, uh, whitewash there. Lindsay Cocking, the evergreen vet- veteran, winning by 23 shots. Um, East Shepherd and Lyme uh, thanked David Neely for snatching a one-shot victory over Merrigan, who won on th- all the other three rinks. So nearly won by 18 shots over Joe Chant, and that was the, the d- difference there. Shepherd and East Pink also got over the line narrowly by two shots over Kyabram at Kyabram, with Gilbert Dalnagari uh, winning by 22 shots over Judy Wright. The other three matches, or the other matches were rained off, but because those other three got completed, the round counted. And in Division 6, Rushworth won by 20 shots undercover. Uh, so Park defeated Rushworth by 20 shots undercover. So Norm Mitchellmore and Lloyd Mawson were the victorious skippers for Park, but no other games were completed so uh, the, that round did still count though because Marutna Golf forfeited ah um, yes to Tatura Hilltop so that's right so that's you see right. there in two separate divisions two different um approaches to the to the weather rule or, or two different results surrounding the the 50 percent rule um in division one there was always going to be a round counting because Tally Grutner played East on the Friday night which yes. um we touched on is is great and I'd, I'd love to see more Friday night games especially Throughout January, but um, and Park playing Stanhope uh, under the roof were always going to get done as well, which meant that golf had to push through um, and get the game done, and Kai Abram had to push through and get the game done against Euroa. Although it seems like the the rain didn't really hit Kai as as much as it did um, at Tatura because um, yeah, Brad all said they uh, they came off for about half an hour when it got really heavy, but obviously knew they had to come back on and. Um, he said the rain didn't really stop until the last end. It's an interesting situation, Brian. If you were <clears throat> Tat Hilltop when they went off, I don't know the particulars of the situation, but they went off for half an hour. If it was neck and neck, if you're Tat Hilltop, are you trying to get back out there and try and get as many points as you can, or do you take the nine? Or if you're well down, do you say, oh, no, no, I think we'll take try and take a draw here? What, it's, it's funny how it plays out sometimes. It certainly is. Uh I do know that one of the East Shep Division 4 sides played on the carpet, so mm. and their other Division 4 side played at Kai Abram, and the, the Division 1 match was on there. I think there's a game going on that can have an influence on the other team playing as well. Yeah. I, I presume they were on different greens. And, uh, for instance, well, if... I would have been probably, if I was manager of the Hilltop side, I was manager of uh, the Shep Park Division 3 and I called the game off at, at our Smoko 40 minutes before Jenny Hill called off the B grade and we were at the same venue. Mm. But our bowls are picking up mud. The green run well, mm. but there's no gra- hardly any grass on it. Yes. And there was 
there's half an inch of mud on your bowl after every bowl you put down. Well, it's not bowls, is it really? No, but I'm yeah, and I just went up to um, um, Swainson, yeah, Neil Swainson, and he didn't hesitate in calling it off. And the majority of games were called off. I don't think you should, particularly play in the by the end of the day, you would have been pretty wet. Yeah, yeah, certainly. Put but it this way, I, I'm I'm happy that division one got through. I I um I have to take my hat off to Hilltop in Division One, and Yaroa could have easily pulled the pin over there. But they had nothing right. They would have been happy to get nine points. Yeah, I don't think it rained as heavily in in. Well, Kai Rams. had more rain than Shepparton. Well, according uh, to weather zone. Yeah, well, uh, in terms of the 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 actual bowls green itself, uh, it was only a light drizzle from all reports, so um, it was a bit heavier at Tatura. I applaud, like you said, to Tatura Hilltop for, for pushing through it. And, and on your point, Ash, I think, you know, if, if you're going if, if to be a contender this season, uh, it, it certainly doesn't look great if mm. you pull the white flag up when there's a bit of rain. Yeah. Even if um, golf was in control, which they were. I think mm. golf dropped 13 shots across the last end. Yeah. Um, so they were in control, but I, I think you just... You battle them and, and try and beat them at their own game. I just know a particular situation. I reckon Brian would recall this uh, out at East Shepherd in a f- maybe seven or eight years ago. Um, it was a final between Shepherd and Golf and Shep Park, and Shepherd and Golf were giving Shep Park a hiding, and the rain come down, and they didn't get to complete the game. And so this was on the Saturday, and they and. Golf were home and hose pretty much, but they didn't get to complete the game, so they had to come back the next day. And Park rolled them in 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 perfect conditions. So the weather can play a bit of havoc sometimes. I mean, this is obviously only the regular season, but uh, a lot of things go through teams and team managers' minds when these sorts of situations arise. So hopefully, um, touch wood, we can get a clear run at it weather wise because we've had heat and rain in the past two weeks now. <laughs> yeah, at least you got a game. You know, I mean, we've gone. Yeah, we got eleven ends in. Um, yeah, and like most clubs, I suppose they would have got nearly half the half the twenty five, and then that was a finish. Yeah, yeah. Um, midweek from this week, Brian, they did get through. Before we uh, touch on midweek, boys, we'll thank our wonderful sponsors, the the Shepherd and Bowl Shop. After the Jack is brought to you by the Shepherd and Bowl Shop. For all your lawn bowling needs, visit Lee and Chantel Wakenshaw at one hundred and one Fry Street, Shepherdon. Or phone five eight two one one double five six. All right, Brian, have at it. Yes, midweek round six results we saw in Division One to Tura Hill top sixty seven surprised the top side Kai Abram by four shots. Uh, Shepparton Park ten seventy four defeated their sister club Shepparton Park Gold by fourteen shots. Uh, interesting result, that one. Shep Park Gold only picked up one um, point. Jimmy Oliver drew of die hands, Ash. So that was a good effort by Jimmy's rink. Yeah, pretty tight overall, though. Um, shows that the evenness of the competition overall and those two sides, um, particularly there's been recent seasons where Shep Park's had two Div 1 sides and they've been poles apart. So it's great to see that they're much more competitive this season around. And I think Paul Warren defeated Bev Thorne, was it? Yeah, yep. I think that might have been her first loss. Yeah, and it was quite convincing victory. I haven't got the exact scores, but so uh, you know, uh, thirteen. Uh, they picked up um, what do they get? Fifteen. 15. Uh, Fifteen to one. Yep. Yeah, a good, 
twenty nine nineteen and uh, Warren drink. And I think Tan's gone to second on the ladder now. Yep. The, it was a strong Tatura Hilltop side that uh, that went out too. Uh, Dave Cartwright was skipping he skipped, and, and yes. so was Johnny Atwood. Yeah, I think um, they've sort of been umming and ahhing over that one for the past few weeks. Um, Lee Farrell, one of our guests that we've had on the show, and he's not really in favour of the men skipping on a Tuesday, but I think for their competitive interests, they've um, decided to go that way. So don't be surprised if they um, take a couple of scalps on the way home. Yeah, it was interesting that Lee played second, his wife played third in the rink he was in. With Peter Lasseur skipping that that, rink as well. That is correct. So Pete skipped his first game in the midweek. And Johnny Atwood skipped the other rink, yeah. Yeah, so there's more and more. There doesn't seem to be a lot of ladies... The average seems to be one lady in each rink. Across the comp or? Well, in some, I saw one rink where there was four men played in it. Yep. I think that was from, um, could have been Rushworth. Right. Yeah, I don't mind it too much. A lot of clubs would struggle if you if you got them to try and fill their entire side with ladies at the moment, um, you know, just with the way numbers are and, and all that sort of stuff. So mm. I, um, I'm quite happy for... For Tuesday and Saturday to be as as mixed as uh, as possible, at, um, you know, as long as everyone's still getting opportunities to to play bowls, that uh, I think it's it's in the long run going to be more beneficial. Yep. Well, they pick their best side. It's as simple as that. From the men that are available and the, and the ladies that are available, Shepherd and Golf um, eighty defeated Maroopna Golf fifty. Maroopna Golf are on top. Uh, three. They won their first three games, but now they're out of the four. So. They've dropped three in a row. Might have peaked early, I think. I think everyone's just starting to find their feet behind them. So, yeah. yeah. Well, well, they probably haven't got the men that they can promote mm. like the other clubs. They're relying on their ladies. So they've got fairly strong ladies over there. Yeah. And they're trying to do the bulk of the, the skipping. I know it's Craig O'Shan as he played uh, midweek. Y- yes. On... Uh, Tuesday, which is, uh, I think that was his first game. And Seymour, 87, defeated Rushworth, 64 at Seymour. No doubt on the on the magic carpet down there. Yeah, I think um, I think they'll be very hard to beat there for the rest of the season. And if they can win all their home games, for sure, they'll be um, pushing, pushing for a final spot. Yeah, they certainly will be with Max Hammond. Robbie Baldwin. Skipping and Rob Baldwin, yeah. They're going to they're gonna take some... Well, they 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 won't they won't get the final on at Seymour on a carpet. Anyway, no, so no. But still, but they'll be a very competitive side in the finals, no doubt about it. So where's that leave the ladder, the jam packed ladder? Well, I haven't got the I haven't got the actual ladder, but um, Kai is still on top from Shep Park Tan. Then it would be who'd be third? Golf would it? Yeah, Mar- Shep Golf would be third, and. Who's sneaking? S- probably Seymour fourth. Yeah, that's what I reckon. Yeah. So um, it's certainly a jam-packed ladder in Division One, and you know, with those sides um, sort of beating each other almost, it'll be interesting to see whether that form sort of starts to even out a bit more in the second go around on the on the ladder because at the moment it's the form lines have been very very hard to read. Division Two. Division Two. Uh, Seymour fifty three. Lost to Shepherd and Golf at home, mm-hmm. so that's a good result for Shep Golf. Yep, uh, they were undefeated. Uh, Shep Golf, uh, as were East Shepparton in Division Two. Yep, but that's a good win down at Seymour, and that'll give them a lot of confidence. Um, 
East Shep 103, though, at home, annihilated Avenal 49. So it's, it's about an average of 34, 35 shots per rink. Yeah, big win. 54 shots, that's a huge victory. No doubt um, Avenal struggled on the indoor carpet at East Shepparton. Yeah, but you'd reckon the, the pace would probably be reasonably similar to Avenal's grass greens, wouldn't you? Or Unless they played them outside, did they? Or no, not? it was indoors. Yep, okay. Undercover, yep. yep. And they've got Noel Slater and um, Spud Folletti skipping. Yeah. So, yeah, that's right. And they can bowl. Perhaps the, the front halves were the difference in that game. Stacey... Collier had a big win, so did Graham Barber. Okay. Now, there's a there was a discrepancy last week in the scores between the website and the Shep News, and I don't know whether it was rectified. Now, this could have consequences when it comes to the skip of the year in each division, but this week Graham Barber had a good win, but his rink was um, Jadis Delmenico was put down as the rink in his place, so that, oh. that has to be swapped around. Okay. Yeah, it, it started the other way around and then was changing as I was uh, looking at the scores, so not too sure what's happening there. Well, Bill Chilcott has uh, already rectified that, but I don't know whether he's rectified the other one I um, detected, but I just can't recall it now. Yep. Should have noted it down, Ash. <laughs> Should have uh, noted it, mate. Other results? Ding, ding, ding. Yeah, other results... Uh, Hilltop Red, 69, defeated Hilltop Blue, 49. Comfortable win there by Red. And at uh, the local derby, Kyabram, 67, defeated Yarrawa in the closest match by three shots. Okay. Other divisions? Division 3, Marupna, 61, lost to Kai, 73. Mm-hmm. I picked Marupna in that game. Uh, I thought, you know, it's their number one team, but they've come down from Division 1 a couple of years back. Yeah, yep. It's a big drop. Big drop. Stanhope, 88, um, at a 39 shot over Yaroa. And that's their top side too, so they'll Stanhope. be pretty hard to beat, I reckon. Yeah, Stanhope will be hard to beat. Agree. Marupna Golf, 84, defeated East Shep, 61. And Shepparton Golf, 59, went down to Shepparton Park, 79. Shep Park are going all right in the threes. They're yeah. On, on top of the ladder. Un- unbeaten, I believe, yep. Unbeaten. And Division 4, we saw... Park Plum, 45, go down to Park Rose, 97. And guess who I picked? Park Plum. <laughs> so what's happened there? No, well, um, I noticed Bev Kale led in one of those rinks there. She's making a bit of a comeback. She's had some ailments of some sort, and I believe she's bowling with an arm. Um, so she led in one of the, the big winning rinks in that contest there. So. Well, she's leading in Division 2 this week too on Saturday. Yeah, we might talk about that a little bit later when we get to the weekend yeah, preview. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I noticed that. Um, division, um, the other scores in that, Merrigan 71 defeated East Shep Blue 50, East Shep Green 71 defeated Tatura Hilltop 69 by two shots uh, in a close one, and the Gamby 78 continued on their merry way. Over Murchison, 63, the top two sides. Yeah, well, obviously a, a match probably indicative of the top two sides in that division, uh, but Nagambi didn't have it all their own way as they have um, for most of the season. They've been averaging 40, 50 shot overall margins, really, even bigger. Yeah, they certainly uh, never, um, because Fiona Fiona Smith and Vicky Rudy had big wins, but Angel Manikin... 
tied with Marlene Lockyer. So a great effort by Marlene Lockyer's uh, rink to tie with the. They'd won their three games by you know about a hundred shots. So yes, yep. Or their four games. So that's a big result. And um, did you want to preview this week's midweek? I've round? still got the vision. Um, yeah, oh, no, that's fine, mate. Yeah, Division Four, and we should have the Division uh, Division Five. five. I don't know what's happened to it? Anyway, we'll give them a special write up next week. Okay, we've shortened the um, shortened the results. <laughs> yep. Division five's missed out. Anyway, you can't be perfect, can you? No, no, we're doing our best. We'll do with Division six preview. Uh, we'll go into the midweek. Yep. Oh dear. Right here we go. Division. Uh, we'll start with Division five. Seeing we missed them out in the last week. I've got Avonall to defeat Seymour at Avonall. Yarrow to defeat Maripna Golf at Yarrowa. Katandra West to defeat Kyabram. Kaya higher in the ladder, I think, at Tandra West on their carpet will be hard to defeat at home. And Rushy on their carpet will defeat Colbo. Division 4, Merch play, play Park Plum, and I'm going for Merch. Tad Hilltop play Nagambi, Nagambi to win that. East Blue play East Green, Green to have a good win. And Park Rose play Merrigam, I'm going for Merrigam. Division 3, Shep Park to defeat Marupna. East to defeat Shep Golf, Yarrowa to lose to Marupna Golf, the visitors, and Stanhope will go to Kai Abram and had a victory. Division 2, Yarrowa play Seymour, I'm going for Yarrowa at home. Tad Hilltop Blue play Kai, it's Kai Abram for me. Avenal host Hilltop Red and Avenal mm-hmm. on their home greens. And Shep Golf play East Shepparton and I'm going for East Shepparton. Um, of course, they're undefeated with Shep Golf, but even though it's out there, I believe East may be a little bit stronger. Bit, bit more firepower at the back end, I think, with their skippers and, and so yeah, Stacey Collie, Graham Barber skipping and, and bowling well. So And Marika Armstrong. And Marika Armstrong. Yep. Uh, I, I don't think, but Marika didn't play last week, but she okay. should come back in. Yep. In Division 1, we had, uh, we've got Rushworth playing Hilltop. Rushworth having won a game. And this could be a danger game for Hilltop, who need a win. Yes. And Gene Sprague will be fired up to um, inspire her troops. You'd think they'd sneak one win for the year at home, but this could be the game. But I'll go for Tad Hilltop. Yeah. With David Cartwright playing and, hmm. and Olivia. Yeah, I don't, know, I don't know how long it would have been since David Cartwright had played at Rushy, if at all, unless it was maybe in a tournament or something like that. But Good point. Um. Yeah, I mean, you'd expect that those sort of the likes of Atwood, Cartwright, uh, Lee Farrell to adjust to Rushworth's carpet. Or are they using their grass anymore or not? Well, Graham Myers played on the grass. Yeah, when he went to Rushworth last time. So. Yeah, but um, yeah, so I'd, I'd imagine those those guys to adapt to it. It is a banana peel game for Hilltop, though. They've had the confidence booster last week, and they were looking to sort of they've changed their structure of their rinks around with with men skipping now. So hopefully they they'd be looking to consolidate with a win this week and head into the Christmas break ready to fire into the top four. So I'll go Hilltop. Yep, yep, agreed. Uh, Marupna Golf hosts Seymour, and I think Seymour uh, 
they look stronger on paper than mm. Marupna Golf. Marupna Golf are hard to beat over there, and uh, but I think Seymour with the two men there, Robbie Baldwin and Max Hammond, they'll just give them. They've got some good ladies as well up front. They'll be just a bit too strong. Yeah, you're right. They they do probably have a bit more class on paper. Um, Marupna Golf really needs this one. Obviously, started the year in a in a blaze of glory and have. Um, slowly tumbled back down the ladder since. So um, they really need this one to get their season back on track. I, I think this might one, this one might go down to the wire, and I'll just give Seymour the nod less than 10 shots, I reckon. Yep, fair enough. Park Gold play Shep Golf at home. I think Shep Golf will be too strong in, in this clash. Um, win comfortably by about 24 shots. Park Gold, I think, I'll pick up a rink, but that'll be it. Yeah, yeah, look, they, they they would have taken a fair bit out of the result against the other park side last week. You know, Rob Thorne skipping in there and uh, and Jim Oliver. So they've got some, you know, some good good skippers there that can match it with golfs. But, um, yeah, I think they might win one rink, but golf will have a bit too much class overall. Yes, for sure. And Kai Abram hosts Park 10 in the last game. I'm going for... Kai are on uh, top, but I'll go for Park Tan to win this one. It'll be the match of the day. Yep. Park Tan by 12 shots at Kai Abram. Yeah, big big game this one as well. Obviously, Kai Abram are, are doing a lot right at the moment. They've got their combinations working really well, but I think Park um, has really st- this Park side has really started to hit their straps in recent weeks. Um, Paul Warren skipping with Dennis Smythe as his third. Um, Die Hands is, you know, usually around the mark, and and Kathy Dudley. Um, they've sort of started to get the mix a little bit right. I'm I'm with you, Brian. I think it'll be a tight one. I reckon it could be less than ten shots again. Park's way. Yeah. Okay. Now I went I went down to uh, Stanhope on Sunday, and the f- the first thing I learnt down there was. It is the best meal I've had at a Goulburn Valley club. You at said you were going to give it a, a good plug, At right? a tournament. It wasn't a tournament, but including tournaments. While she, Shane Walsh organised these roasts from the cafe down there and they were all boxed up in the little plastic containers and I went, I took Boxer Brody down, my coach, in case people, I don't know if you'd like to hear that, but... Uh, good old boxer come down with me, and he loves bowls, watching and all playing it. He loves food too. Well, he likes his food, and he very he good said, on I've the fang. I've got your lunch ordered, Brian. So <laughs> in we went, and I, I must admit, I had a bit of boxes. He couldn't handle the whole meal, but it was <laughs> magnificent. Yeah, I'd have to give it nine and a half out of ten. That's a, it was fantastic. It, you know the the amount, the quantity you got, got crackle and everything, and the veggies and superb. So well done to the cafe down there, and and um, it's a good plug to Stanhope. They always make you welcome down there, whatever's going on, but the meal was first class. Sounds like Brian's uh, trying to add a Stanhope shirt to his collection next time. Yes, yeah. yes, gun for hire. Oh, I doubt it very much. Add more clubs than Jack Nicholas. Uh, they, they were very <laughs> good. It was very um, enjoyable. And... I could only stay for the first uh, start of the second round of matches on Saturday, but I um, three of my four selections got through in the first round. I picked uh, Robbie George and McGinnis, and they defeated David Dawes and Chris Ferguson. I selected David and Josh Cartwright, and they defeated Brad Ord and Mac Truen. In a thriller, two one shot. 
Yeah, and I, def- and I selected John Gribble and Wayne Gribble to defeat Darren Cullen and Jeff Anselmi. That was pretty close. And but the Nichols boys. And the Nichols boys. Well, Brendan Boyd and Nick Boyd bowled superbly, taking nothing away from the Boyds. Daniel and Paul, look, they tried their heart out, but they were just completely outclassed. And um, What, they blast them off the rink or they outdrew no, them? No, just outdrew them. Outdrove them. Yep. In all aspects of the game. It was, a, uh, I think it was 19 3, wasn't it? The Something like that, yeah. A, um, you know, like reading out a score like that, because they're the runners up in the state, I thought. Yeah. And Tyler picked them to win as well. Uh, so. Individually, yes. But uh, I did have uh, Robbie George and Paul McInnes as my overall winners. and I think I got the closest. I reckon you might have. Oh, Lee Wakenshaw actually tipped the he winners. He picked it. Lee Wakenshaw. He said the way they bowl against <laughs> him and Graham, his father-in-law, McEwen, that there's no way they wouldn't win it. Oh, he was very confident. He's spot on. Yeah. They're uh, getting used to making history in the Cartwright household, yeah, aren't they? it was live-streamed by the young kids down there. I know yep. Benny Fletcher was there behind the scenes, and um, they did a good job, and... Yeah, the final, they got up by, I think it was four shots in the finish. Beat the Gribbles. Beat the Gribbles, Popper and Johnny. Um, commiserations to the Gribbles. They started play at 9.15, roll up, and I had it finishing by the thing down there. It was about 7.15, so they played for nope, nope. nine and a half hours of bowls. Yeah. It, uh, well, it, Josh became the uh, the youngest male winner of a, of a title in the Goulburn Valley. Yeah. Uh, not too long after uh, his sister Olivia became the youngest champion in champions winner at 14 a couple of years ago. Yeah, they're certainly uh, certainly doing lots of great things in that in that family and um, formerly of Kyabram, obviously, and that's where David sort of made made his name, um, moved over to Hilltop in the last sort of 18 months or so. Um, but, you know, certainly those kids, uh, Josh and Olivia, um, a great reflection of their, their father and obviously the many hours that they would have spent together on the greens practising and, um, you know, I, I, David would be proud as punch with what they've achieved, probably more so than anything he would have ever have done on a bowl screen. And they'll have to work hard to, to hold on to their record too because Jacob's uh, skipping already <laughs> down in the uh, the lower divisions at Tatura Hilltop at 10 years oh, old. I, and uh, I, I hate to – I think, um, in my opinion, and I want to give Jacob uh, – Jacob is the best – for a nine-year-old, I've never seen anyone as good as him. Put it that way. Well, that's what I mean. Uh, he, he, they're going to uh, they'd, they'd make a fairly good fours uh, side, I reckon. Uh, but uh, Mum Naomi is is playing third for Jacob as well, so they're all involved. Bit bit of Vic Open triples, maybe the three boys. Oh, look at that! Yeah, it was fa- fantastic achievement, and um, that's what you want to see in in your bowls competition is those those younger ones coming through and and competing and winning these sorts of state events because it puts the sport in great stead for the future um, and you know it it obviously pushes the older ones along as as well that you know that still want to prove that you know they've got what it takes so it's great yeah. all round really well I predict Daniel um, Josh and David Cartwright will win the the, uh, the group the group yep and they'll go on to Bendigo and I reckon they'll play semi finals minimum. Right, big call. Yep, and 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 
knowing Denzel a little bit, not a lot, but knowing he'd like that confidence, Brian, and obviously Josh has got that in spades as well, just sort of watching a bit of the live stream. Um, you know, he knows a lot about the game already, and he would have learnt a lot of that from watching and playing alongside Dad. What, he, what strikes he's got me, no fear, which yeah. is... What, what strikes me with um, Jacob and, uh, I mean, uh, Josh and Olivia as well is that ability to not only be a talented young bowler, but to be a, a confident young bowler mm. and, and to be um, a young bowler who isn't swayed by the situation. Um, Olivia's Champion of Champions win came when she was uh, trailing quite comfortably to, to probably the best female bowler this region has seen for, for a long time in Jean Sprague and um, just just reeled her in and um, got over the line in the end. And for, for, the, for the ability to, to keep you cool... Um, in in pressure situations is something that a lot of sports people never learn, um, you know, and to have it at that young age is is great. Temperament's such a big thing when you are, you know, in those pressure situations and, you know, it's like like the... Um, the anecdote about the duck above the the water, you can see that he looks quite calm, and underneath his legs are going at a million miles an hour, and that might be the case for Olivia and and Josh, but you would never know it. And for your op- for the opposition, that's that's gives away nothing to them. So they might be nervous in those situations, but the fact that they've got the temperament to be calm and the same, consistent all the time, is you know a big reason why they've been able to achieve so much with their, some of these state state events because they just don't give their opposition. An inch, really? No, no. They look their professionalism for such a young age. Yep, it's just it's incredible. Uh, the women's state pairs were played in very pleasant conditions on the second and third of December at Marupna Golf Bowls Club. Sectional winners were Chris Oliver and Di Channel from Colbo, Mark Thorne and Sue Tyson Shep Park, Di Hands and Kate Bush Shep Park, uh, Mary Greco. Greco and Mia Noswad from Coabram and Marilyn Cox and Janice Domenico from East Shep. First knockout game was between Oliver and Thorne, with the Shep Park team proving too strong. And then we got into the semi-finals and Thorne and um, first hands, and the lead-up game must have been good for Marg and Sue, as they continue their excellent form, winning 22-5. That's a that's a big victory, isn't it? Yeah, well, Mark, Mark plays third. Mark Thorne plays third to die on Tuesday, so they would know a fair bit about each other, and they've obviously played a lot together in tournaments and things like that. Um, but yeah, they must have really been on song to to win by that margin in the semi-finals of a state event. Yeah, that's an incredible result. The other semi-final between Kyab and Lee Shepherd and it was a much tighter game. With the score being level at 17-all with one end to play, Marilyn Janice scored two, giving East Shep the win over Mary Greco and Mia Oswald from Kai. And despite it being a marathon day for Marg and Sue, uh, like the men's pairs when they played for nine and a half hours, they continue their great form, defeating Marilyn and Janice comfortably 24-6. to yeah, a, a fantastic achievement. Um, Mark Thorne and Sue Tyson starting to pile up the state events as well, really. And, um, you know, Sue Tyson's a Victorian Open champion as well in the triples from a couple of years ago. So uh, it's great to see, you know, those those girls are in great form this season and uh, it's certainly uh, being reflected in the Tuesday pennant results as well with Shep Park starting to really hit their straps and those two have been a big part of that. So congratulations. Yeah, that's definitely congratulate. Mark Thorne won the 60 and over 
Singles. State singles, and mm. now she's won the the open uh, pairs. So it, yeah, I, I mentioned to her that um, her husband Rob, who does the greens at Shepparton Park, um, she she might need to ask him for a wheelbarrow for Christmas because uh, she's certainly piling up the trophies, and she. Uh, yeah, she sort of uh, hosed that down quite quickly. She's quite humble, Mark, so, um, but she's certainly having a great season and uh, there might be a couple more state events in store for her in the near future. Well, the way she's bowling and performing, um, that's quite on the cards, Ash. Yeah, do we need another break, Tyler, or are we pushing on? Uh, we'll, uh, we'll thank our sponsors, uh, as we uh, always do. After the Jack is brought to you by the Shepparton Bowl Shop. For all your lawn bowling needs, visit Lee and Chantel Wakenshaw at 101 Friar Street, Shepparton, or phone 5821-1556. Now, Daniel Nichols won't be happy with me because I didn't get Lee and Chantel to record their own ad last week, but we'll push on. Um, just quickly, looking at the Murray Bowls division from round five last Saturday, um, looking at division one, they managed to get through despite the rain mostly. Three games got through, yeah. Yeah, yep. So Strathy and Cobram, Strathmerton and Cobram shared the points. They were washed out. Baruga thrashed to Merca Golf, winning on all four rinks by 31 shots. The best winning rink was Ian Smethurst over Mark Jones. Uh, one you similarly had a huge win against Finley RS, um, 104 to 52. Puts them on top of the table too, the yep. one news. Yes, yep, going well. Um, the smallest sheep station in Australia with one new. <laughs> Winning every rink, Drew Henderson's rink had a margin of 24 over Archie West. And then finally, Namurka Town defeated Tokemore Golf by 13 shots, two rinks each. Town's new coach, rampaging Ross Higgins, um, he had the best rink winning by 20 shots over Roy Taylor, so he's had a big couple of weeks. Um, and looking forward to round six this weekend in Division 1, we've got Tokemore Golf 7th versus Baruga 5th. Brian's going for Baruga. Namurka Town 4th, uh, playing Finley RS 8th, bottom of the ladder, so Namurka Town, the selection there. One you on top, playing Cobram 2nd, match of the round. Um, and you're going one you there, and Namurka Golf to defeat Strathmerton in the other match of the round. So that's the Murray Bowls wrap. Brian. Now, are we ready for, you want to give Mr. Flapper a few moments? Yeah, certainly. We'll, um, and then we'll preview the Golden Valley Saturday pennant round six matches. Mm-hmm. like to touch on that uh, we just really appreciate Matt uh, taking some time to have a chat to us for the show. and Absolutely. Um, you know, obviously we touched on his... Credentials and um, he's going to bring plenty to the uh, the GV this weekend, and uh, I'll let you I'll let him tell you all about it. Joining me now on the line is Matt Flapper. Matt, welcome to the show. Thanks, Tyler, mate. Good to be uh, good to be on board. Now, obviously, uh, you've created a bit of buzz uh, up our way, mate. Uh, coming up to play for golf and uh, having a bit of a, a sportsman's night uh, on Saturday night. Uh, tell us how it all came about. Uh, well, Geelong Bowls region, we're, uh, we're on base. Obviously, at Ocean Grove, they made a decision back in uh, probably August, July, August, um, that pennant wouldn't be started, wouldn't commence prior to Christmas down here um, due to the, the impact of COVID. And um, so that pretty much left us nothing to do, mate, basically uh, before Christmas. So our pennant starts on the January the 16th. That so was a case of, there was a few phone calls coming through after people had heard that, and um, Ori was one of them from uh, Chef Golf, and he said, "What about coming up, mate? Play one game, and and um, we'll do a bit of a promotion, and you know, 
try and uh, generate a bit of interest around the around the area that uh, you're you're coming up here to the marquee for us. And um, yeah, so that's how it sort of evolved pretty quickly. But um, no, pretty excited, mate. It's uh, for me. Yeah, at the moment, it's good to get out and have a game of pennant, to be honest. Yeah, certainly, mate, and um, probably good to just uh, get out of the house too, I suppose, uh, after the year we've had. Yeah, absolutely, and you know, I think it was—it's been sort of on the cards for a couple of months. So um, we organised it pretty early, and but that's it. You know, we've all been locked down, and just an opportunity to hit the road and get up to Shep, and obviously to spend a bit of time there at various times of the year. But uh, yeah, look, very much looking forward to, to having a, having a run with the boys. As you said, mate, uh, pretty familiar with Shepparton and, and the Shepparton bowling communities. Pretty feel, familiar with you, mate. Uh, good to uh, to come up and, and uh, have a bit of a game with uh, what are the, the reigning state champions. They are. So I'm not sure how I actually fit it into this team, to be honest. But, um, yeah, I've got some probably big shoes to fill. So hopefully uh, hopefully I can accept the challenge and, and not let the boys down. But, um no, look, what will be will be, and hopefully we get a, get a few people there towards the end of the game watching, and um, you know, and then leading to the to the night at Shep Golf uh, should be a bit of fun. And you obviously have plenty to, plenty to do with uh, the next generation of, of Vic bowlers, mate. With the uh, under eighteen side, of course, we've got a, a few familiar faces in that as well. But uh, a few of the younger boys at golf, uh, I'd imagine, are pretty keen to to learn what they can from you, mate, uh, on the weekend, including uh, Mac Truen, who's, who's going to be playing third for you. Yeah, um, obviously uh, I haven't seen much of Mac play, but Ori's been um, talking to me about him, and he was pretty keen to to get me to skip his rink for the for the weekend, have Mac as my third, just for that experience for him. And um, so I'm really looking forward to to having a having a run with him and uh, seeing what he's got. And um, you know, hopefully by the end of the game, he's up the other end telling me what to do instead of me telling him what to do. So. Uh, we'll uh, we'll work together and you know see where he's at and if I can get passed on a few little little tips and bits of advice mate that makes him you know helps him advance in his game um hopefully the next week when I'm not there he can he can instruct Ori and tell him what to do certainly mate I suppose that's uh, what it's all about and and then the sportsman's night afterwards everyone's starting early across the board to be able to get back for that mate uh, what uh, yeah, what does it sort great. of involve uh, you've got a, a few stories lined up or what what's the go yeah, I think so. I think it's just a um, just a bit of a Q and A, mate. Um, I think there's a couple of raffles and obviously a meal involved, and uh, just do a bit of a Q and A, have a couple of um, light refreshments, and uh, enjoy a post game um, get together. So yeah, just whatever. Talk about obviously my experiences, um, you know, playing for for Australia, and then uh, anything else that anyone wants to to throw up, and we'll just try and keep it a a little bit light-hearted and a bit of fun, so um, just to just to finish off a good day. I'm sure it'll be plenty of fun, mate. And um, it is uh, against Shepparton Park, uh, the clash. Obviously, a grand final rematch, and they've just announced the uh, the grand final venues for for Division One up here, and it looks like it's going to be at Shep Park on carpet. Uh, I suppose you've you've probably had um, plenty of experience uh, with with grand finals and, and big matches, mate. Uh, Grass v carpet and Best Green v you know, um, whatever's available with facilities. Uh, I suppose it's going to be a pretty hot topic uh, up here this week and, and throughout the whole season. Do you, do you have any thoughts uh, on the principle itself of, of playing grand finals on, on grass or, or carpet? No, I don't as a, as a rule, mate. Look, it's, it's pick the best surface. And we all know that uh, Shep Park Green or the Carpet Green's been uh, 
I think it's been redone now from what I've heard, but um, it's obviously a true surface. It's good to play on. Um, I reckon, I think it was at number rink 13 or 14 or something. I reckon that's a pretty good rink. And I don't know why they renovated it, but um, that's just from past experiences, mate. But, um, yeah, look, I think pick the best surface. It is what it is. And I'm full kudos to um, the GV for making that decision this early. It sort of doesn't happen down this way. We uh, we play our preliminary finals and then the decision gets made on whether the finals are going to be based. But um, And look, so long as I think it gets shared around each year and gives different clubs a, a different opportunity to, to host, um, mix it around and it all uh, it all becomes even in the in the long run, doesn't it? It certainly does, mate. And uh, speaking about uh, your bowls down there, how are you enjoying it down at uh, Ocean Grove? Yeah, mate, it's been good. It's um, we've we've obviously we got a, a quite a large club, and our members have been super keen to get back out on the greens. And obviously, no pennant gave us an opportunity to uh, pretty much play all our club championship events. So obviously, as a big club, we have quite a few from triples, pairs, um, three or four different various singles for each gender. So once all, all um, the decision was made for no pennant, it was a chance to get the majority of those played. So our numbers have been well up in club events, our numbers across the region for region events. So people down this way, they're keen to play. I think that the decision could have been revisited to start prior to Christmas down here, but it wasn't, um, which was a shame because obviously the the smaller clubs are probably impacted more from that decision. But um, in the long run, I think uh, if you're proactive and, and get out there and get people on your greens, you can you can make that dollar back anyway. But um, for our bowlers down here, mate, it's, um, it's full steam ahead. And now we're, we're pumping out a couple of practice matches prior to Christmas, get ready for a January 16 start. That uh, certainly sounds good, mate. Uh, we really appreciate your time and taking the time to have a chat to us here on After the Jack. And good luck on the weekend. I, I'm sure you'll. Uh, I'm sure you'll enjoy it. Well, I probably haven't been so nervous for a few years, mate, uh, heading into a pennant game. But no, nah, look, harness the nerves. We should be right. Um, looking forward to it. Will be a bit of fun, and uh, hopefully, a few people can get there and and watch at some stage of the game. After the Jack is brought to you by the Shepherd and Bowl Shop. For all your lawn bowling needs, visit Lee and Chantel Wakenshaw at 101 Friar Street, Shepparton, or phone 5821 1556. As we said, uh, thanks very much to Matt for for jumping on the show and and having a chat, and um, great to hear from him, and and great to see him up here this weekend. Outstanding get, Tyler, yeah, and very generous with his time. Matt, obviously, he's given us probably eight to ten minutes there on the show and uh, when you spoke to him, and great insight, you know, about a variety of things in in bowls, and obviously a person of his calibre is going to have lots of experiences, and what he says carries quite a lot of um, merit and weight. Um, I was particularly interested what he spoke about, and great question by you two, um, Tyler about um, the finals venues have been announced in the Goulburn Valley um, and my, my first thought I must admit was you know it's very early um, but it was interesting to hear Matt talk about um, that that's something that he's you know a fan of and how different they do it over in the Geelong competition. Brian your thoughts on um, so um, just recapping Shepherd and Park's been announced as the grand final venue for Division One Saturday pennant, and I believe Euroa has been mentioned uh, announced as the grand final venue for Division One Tuesday pennant. Your thoughts, Brian? Well, uh, last year my vote was for East Shepherd to have the grand final, and 
I was, I was on the match committee, and that's one of the reasons I'm not on the match committee this season. I'll be a bit hush about that, but um, originally the match committee did give Eshep the nod just quietly. I don't care who knows it, but uh, the thing set out of the meeting initially, so I probably shouldn't have evolved that, but Eshep was given the nod for Division 1, mm-hmm. and the next thing you know... Um, it's been changed to Tatura about two weeks later. So it, that it, was very, I was very disappointed with that. I put a lot of time into bowls and uh, mm. and now the match committee this year, well, they've come out and copied Melbourne. There's no surprise to me. They've made it, it is a surprise this early in the Golden Valley because up here we like to do things like they've done for 20 years or whatever, have the same um, same format. We have reduced the divisions to eight, which is a big surprise. Probably that that's been done, but I think East Shep should have got the grand final. It's the newest venue. Uh, nothing against Shep Park. I play there personally, but mm. how East Shep can go from you know having the top green mark last year, the mm. best was was done by the um, Greens committee, and it was got the highest mark. How could it deteriorate so quick and be rated third amongst the Greens? As the way I understand it, I'm a bit surprised. So, so does that? I mean, think they've made the right decision to to decide where it's going to be played now. So there'll be no bickering and yep. But there's no guarantee it'll be played on carpet, though. Well, no, yeah. there isn't. I I did um, talk to Matt before I spoke to um, the director of the weekend pennant match committee, Rob Sini. Um, there is no stipulation on which green it has to be played on at Shep Park, mm-hmm. but um, so that as you said, they're picking it more on facility than green at the moment. Yep. Um, obviously, Shep Park up against East Shep in the um, the expressions of interest form mm. ticked more boxes this year. Um, I, I don't specifically know the ins and outs of that, but yeah. I, I would imagine um, it, it East would have one quite soon. Well, Calabrum is the alternative venue if Shepparton Park happens to make the Division One Grand Final. So I take it they were second, were they? In in the, in I'm not I'm only theorising here, but the the other interesting thing is and Brian's obviously um, talked about the process of last season when East Shepparton was reportedly the first choice venue, um, and then the Grand Final ended up being played at Tat. So. Um, my understanding is there was a letter that, um, or something le- in legal um, terms that was um, passed on to the match committee. So whether that might be the case again to try and get the grand final back on carpet uh, on grass, I don't know. Um, obviously, there is a bit more time if that is if there is some sort of uh, backlash. To, to nut out the particulars of that situation rather than announcing it at the, you know, the start of finals and then only having three weeks to make a decision. So I, c- I can see the, the point of view of the match committee getting on, on top of it early because I, I think there will be backlash from certain sections um, of, of Goulburn Valley Bowls, particularly those venues maybe like a Tatura or a Stanhope or a Kyabram even saying, well, we've got premier grass divisions in the Goulburn Valley you know, what about us sort of thing. And um, so it could take a while to actually um, be be sm- uh, sorted out in full uh, once if, if, if there are complaints towards the match committee about the choice that they've made. Yes, so I can see um, a few things. It's, they've got plenty of time to sort it out, but 
No, that's and, it. And, uh, at least it's been announced you, now. As you so. said, though, Tyler, it doesn't mean because it's at um, Shep Park it's going to be played on the carpet. They've only chosen the venue because they've got good facilities there. They've got an outdoor bar, which no other club's got. So Yeah, um, the mezzanine's a good... Um, yeah, it's look, it, it is very good. No, no dramas about it. And potentially if there was to be some sort of live stream or, or media coverage of it, um, you know, that mezzanine area that overlooks the green would be a great vantage point and it's been used in Vic Open's past um, to, to live stream and commentate the bowls there. So that has that potential as well. Yeah, certainly, Ash, yeah. You've got to take that into consideration. Yeah, it certainly does. And um, like we said, it's, it's out there now. The, uh, the rest of the divisions will be named... Um, a bit closer well, to the, the finals. Well, to be honest, Shep Park's probably overdue. Like, in my time there, Shep Park, the only finals they've hosted have been real lower division one, sort of Div 5, uh, maybe Div 4. So they are overdue to host a grand final, um, you know, and to be the marquee game at the end of the season, given that, you know, they've had those facilities for years and years and their grass greens, you know, are, are reasonable enough as well. But obviously the the Shep, the, the Undercover carpet is the is the big draw card, and it's been the centerpiece of the Vic Open for however long. Um, so you know they probably have earned their crack at, at this point in time. Yeah, I go back to um, Raymond Terrace in New South Wales was good enough to host the Premier League up there for a number of seasons on carpet, and until it was uh, no longer occurs, they have different pennant finals now, but. Uh, and in Melbourne, I went to a final at Deer Park on their new facility on carpet. Mm. BPLs on carpet, Ultimate Bowls, carpet, carpet at Moama. Moama play on carpet. What, wasn't the Australian Open at Darabin for a while? Is that carpet? Darabin? No, Darabin. Yeah, they had one carpet green, but it was only used if it was inclement weather. Right, okay. But yeah. their greens there were nothing to be um, yeah. <laughs> pleased about, or yeah. they were reported to be very slow. I, th- I think watch this space. I know that it, oh, causes, sure. it causes conjecture every year because there's always someone that feels they're hard done by. And I think um, by announcing it this early, it gives the complainants time to lodge a complaint and it gives the match committee time to sort of resolve everything that might come their way. Certainly. It certainly does. And Melbourne, have, Melbourne made their announcement before the season started, their penance season, because mm. of COVID 19 that Danny Nog Club will be hosting the grand final again this year. Well, they haven't got a team in the Premier League. Mm. so Well, they, neither does Uroa in the no, midweek. they've so. got the nod. So. Yep. Um, Div 1 this week. Where do you want to start? I'll start. I'll, I'll start at the other grade. I'll so. start at Division 6. Yep. Round 6. Avonall are playing Marupna Golf. Avonall to win at home. Nagambi to defeat Tad Hilltop at home. VRI to defeat Shepparton Park. At VRI and Rushworth have got the bye. Division 5, Tally will be too good at home for Tat Hilltop Red. Stan Hope to defeat Dookie at home. Marupna Golf will win against Colbo at Marupna Golf. And Kai Abram with the home side will defeat Uroa. Division 4, Park host Stan Hope. Alex Stan Hope are close to top of the ladder. They'll win this. Merch play Avenal. Avonall's a defeat merch. Tat Hilltop play Shep Golf, and they'll be too good for Shep Golf and Homie. Shep Pink to defeat Seymour on their carpet. Merrigan to defeat Kai Abram in a bit of a derby there, and Yarrow to defeat East Shepherd and Lyme. 
Division 3 Shep Golf play Dookie. Golf to win. Tad Hilltop play Shep Park. I'm going for Tad Hilltop. Marupna play Tally. Tally. And Marupna Golf to defeat Seymour. That would be a bit of an upset, but I'm going for Marupna Golf on their grass green. At home, yep. Well, Shep Park only beat them at home on the grass, so yep. I think Marupna Golf it probably forms a little bit better than ours, so yeah. Yep. Now, Ash, you can come in on the Vision 2. Marupna hosting Tad Hilltop. I think Tad, Tad Hilltop's depth will be um, a little bit too strong for Marupna, despite being on the road. Yeah, well, Marupna... They've had some Mar- had a couple of good wins. But yeah, I think they were defeating East Shepparton on three of the four rinks. Um, I think they actually... They might have finished the game they out did. there last week. They won by 40-odd shots. They won last week. and uh, Was that the, 16-2? Uh, the round... Oh, I don't know the specific yep. scores, but because the round didn't count, uh, uh, so it didn't go in. So that's a pretty good performance out... Um, yeah, out at East, you know, at East Shep. I think Marupna will beat Hilltop. And they beat Shep Park at Shep Park by a shot the round before yeah. as well. So no, I'm that, going yeah. for Marupna, so we okay. differ on that one. Yep. Park play Nagambi, and I think Park will win 16-2 at home on their carpet. Yeah, interesting though. Bev Kale's been brought in um, to lead in a particular rink. Um, Park's sort of got a bit of an unavailability slash depth Crisis, I think, at the moment. They, Mark Smythe and Barry Hubble um, are filling in in Division 4, and um, they're sort of really, um, they don't really have any leftovers at the moment. They've got averaging sort of 10 to 12 out every week, um, and Bev Carl hasn't played Saturday Pennant all year, um, and they've brought her into lead in Div 2, which to me, it's sort of, you know, well, you play in Division 3, you know, you could have had that spot or someone, you know, in Thanks. from Division Thanks, 3. Thanks, Ash. <laughs> you know, like, um, yeah, but I, I think they they should beat Nagambi, but I thought they'd beat Marutma as well, and they didn't quite get over the line. So they, it's prob- a big game. they probably didn't want to pit me against my old team, mate. Oh, well, you would have had the intel, Brian. Had the intel, that's for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, Rushworth play Shep Golf, and uh, Shep Golf mm. they're their favourites to win this. As I said, I believe they'll be in Division One next year, yep. unless they change the rules again. They'll be too strong for Rushworth over there, 16-2 yep, and by that, 30 shots. Yep, and uh, they'll be in a hurry as well. I think that game's starting about 11.30 so they can rush back to uh, Shep. Yeah, early start, early finish. Yep. Golf for mine. Yep, and Kai Abram hosts East Shepparton. Uh, I don't think East is much stronger than the Gamby, actually. No. There was only two shots in it down at the Gamby. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe... Kai will be too strong and they'll win this 16-2 at home. Yeah, well, you've got to remember um, they've come up from Division 3, East Shep, so um, I think Kai will whitewash them. Yeah. 18, I think they'll get one rink, but yep. um, yeah, Kai too strong. Division 1, we've got East. Should win a, their second game for the year when they haste Yaroa. Mm-hmm. Really need all 18 here, East. Well, I predict 18. <clears throat> I think they'll get 18. Are they, do you reckon they'll play inside or outside? Inside, sure. inside. Or, I'm not too sure, but um, I, I think either way they they should get 18 now. Well, Daniel Nichols is due for a win. You know, they're two imports and they're only skippers who won a game. Yeah, that's right. That's Beatty, who's got two wins, and Brett Ryan has got three. Yeah, well, Beatty had a bit of a difficult night last Friday against Brett Gunning. Um, I was looking forward to watching him for the first time. 
Um, and, you know, they sort of didn't really get out of second gear. Um, Gunning sort of was all over the top of them. Really impressed with Brent Reiner and, and his win over Matt Robertson. Um, so hopefully they can turn things around. They re- Yeah, as Tyler said, they really probably need all 18 to sort of just keep in touch um, and hopefully launch in the back half of the year. Have they made many changes, Tyler, from what you can see? Or... Uh, I haven't got an east side, unfortunately. Yeah. So. Yep. Doug McConnick, he went out last week. I didn't see the sides. No. East did have I think he their... was dropped. I don't think they put their teams in the paper all year, have they, East? No. I don't know why, but... And, and I think as well, it's they're, they're probably... Um, Pushing their depth a little bit as well, but given the the struggles of the of the Div Two side, it's sort of they haven't probably got the the guys really well, people putting their hands up to push into that Div One side and and sort of strengthen them up a bit. I was impressed with Alan Houston, who played Division Two and Shep Park played him in Round One. He played third to Daniel Nichols, and I thought he had a really good night playing third against Mark Ryan's rink. So he's um, stiffened yeah. that rink up a fraction. Yeah, he'll, in good form. he'll stay there. He's in pretty good form. He won, won the, the 60 and over pairs. Oh, you're ahead of me, Brian. You're with, ahead um, of me. Peter Norton, yeah. No, no. no he's, Alan Houston's worthy of a uh, third spot there, no problem. Yep. So um, so it's used to win that comfortably. Tad Hilltop uh, hosting Kai Abram. Another uh, match of the day. Barn burner. Another week of changes for uh, the Bulldogs. Really? Um, I'll, I'll read through the rinks here. Still no Gary Russell. Um, so I think this knee, uh, he's got a knee injury, yeah, I'm so led to believe. Peter Lesseur is skipping that rink with Lee Farrell third, Josh Lesseur second, mm-hmm. and Johnny Atwood lead. Wowee. That's a bit of a change. Yeah. Big David joke. Cartwright, Jeff McNaughton, Josh Cartwright, Justin Spedding pushed across with Cartwright. Jared Tinning is skipping what was Nick Boyd's rink with Jason Carter, Ross Coulston and Olivia Cartwright. And Brendan Boyd is skipping for Nick Boyd, Paul Newman and Tim Nile. Have they thrown the baby out with the bathwater? With you know, That's wholesale changes for an 18-0 loss against the benchmark comp like... They'll probably do that to Shep Park this week, but I wouldn't imagine we'd flick the rinks around as as much as what Hilltop is. But, you know, it is early days, and Lee Farrell, um, you know, I wouldn't uh, go against his judgment. Um, they have a have a, a scoring system, I think, with ticks and crosses. and how, So he would have been crunching the numbers and the stats and trying to get everything they can out of him. But, you know, Cartwright loses his first game of the season. All of a sudden, his third's gone back leading in a different rink and Jeff McNaughton's gone from lead to third. So it shows they're willing to try things, I guess. And, um, and you know, hopefully it comes to fruition. I'll back him in. I'll, I'll, I'll go 14-4. Kai's been really impressive for mine under Dane Gade, and um, bar for a, 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 a you know round one, they probably should have won. Um, they could be unbeaten as well, really unbeaten and unchanged for the season. Yes, uh, they they did have one change uh, for the heated out round due to an unavailability, but mm. um, have not touched it, and it seems to be working. They've they've really rolled into some form, so it's really two opposite um, strategies or, or trains of thought here. Um, with with the sides, well, exactly. It adds an interesting dynamic. Hilltops made the wholesale changes on the back of a, a of a loss, which was really a tight loss, given the, the you know they only lost by what fifteen or twenty against golf. 15. Yeah, yeah. Um, Kai unchanged all year, so it'll be interesting to see how that works this week, Brian. Yeah, I'm going for Tad Hilltop too. I think they'll win fourteen four. Kai fourteen four for me. Ooh, yeah, I okay. knew you'd be going for Kai. He's a Kai man. <laughs> yes, a bomber man. Yep. Uh, next match, Shep Golf. With uh, Matty Flapper, 
the marquee player coming in. Um, yeah, Park, Park, as I said, they're very they're dominant at home. Very hard to defeat on the carpet. Shep Golf, uh, with well, what could you say? I, I think it'll be eighteen zip. Ash, sorry to say, but no, I reckon by uh, forty shots, eighteen zip. I think um, I think one of the things about us too, Brian, we're we're very realistic and we try and call it as honestly as we can and down the line. And look, um, I'm under no illusions that you know. I, well, the reality is, I think Shep Park's probably forty shot different side away from home on the carpet. The only grass contest we've had this year, we got battled by fifty odd shots against Tally. Um, I didn't play that day. Not that I'm saying I'm a fifty shot difference, but I wasn't there to see what happened. Um, and, you know, if Shep Golf I rate are better than Tally, well, then was it 60, 70 shots probably on the cards? I mean, the lot, the line would be pretty high for, for Shep Golf. What, minus 70 and a half, you reckon? It, uh, it might get a bit ugly, uh, to put it mm. nicely. Look at the just, – just listen to these rinks. Obviously, you've got Matt Flapper skipping – uh, for Mac Truen, Wayne Dagger, and Reese Newby, mm. Brad Orr's rink, who's, which has been going quite well all season. Then you've got Brad Orr pushing across to skip with Chris Ferguson third, Nev Manton second, and Johnny Stokes leading. Mm-hmm. So that, there's two rinks that um, are probably on paper the best two rinks going out there in Division One this weekend. Yep, yep. Um, and then you've got obviously John Gribble, John Hallam, Graham Waddell, and Glenn Power with David Dawes, Connor Truen, John Foley, and John Dagger. Look. Yeah, I think it'll be eighteen nil, and Park will do well to keep it under fifty. Yeah, Paul um, Paul Beecroft's unavailable this week, so um, he was Paul Warren's third last week. So Jeff Boyle pushes up, Jim Oliver pushes up in the second, and Heath Matthews comes back in against his old club. Um, not ide- not ideal really for Paul Warren. I think he's had four or five different combinations for his rink in the first four or five rounds. So, um, and after getting his win last week, first win, he'd, you know, hopefully looking for that, some of that continuity. You can't help that, I guess, unavailabilities. But, yeah, look, I think golf um, are the benchmark again. We, we, we need, we'd probably need a really big miracle to – I think, you know, if Paul Nichols, the way he played last week, and obviously I, w- I was third in that rink, so I saw him pretty closely – um, if he bowls as well as he did last Saturday, and Ernie Salvamini and Phil McCann, um, and we get the right rink draw, we can you know maybe push push a rink result, and um, I think that's probably the best we can hope for one or two rinks. And I watched that particular rink with um, a fair bit of interest uh, up on the side, and Ash is Ash. He not going to talk about himself, but he bowled well too. The whole after spoke out a whole four of them, they bowl very well. And I must mention. Um, if it wasn't for Tim Hancock and a couple of bowls he put in, he like I think, well. we, I think we yeah. won by 14 shots, but um, yeah, it could, could easily have been 20, 25 plus. I think one in there we were holding five and he he, he dead drew the shot there and that's a seven-shot turnaround for two. Um, so he played really well for, for Stanhope. So, uh, but it was good to get a bit of confidence. Hopefully we can roll it into this weekend. Yeah, and just before I forget, I, I, ran, I ran into Calvin Hubble at Big W yesterday and he said... Uh, I um, knocked him a bit on the second program that I must have got some info off Dave, good old Dave Hardy, mm-hmm. that Kelvin Hubble um, didn't bowl well at all against him and I've made the comment and I've heard from a good source that his last three games he's bowled very well. So yep. I'll give him 
give him praise. I, he's a he's a very underrated bowler, Calvin Hubble. Well, he he was a very very good uh, second or third, I think. Uh, in Cart, Cartwright had a couple of really strong years at Kai, and he was always in his rink with um, Darren Boswood and Bill Hatsey. And they had a really strong yeah. rink going there, and Calvin Hubble was a big part of that. So we must and we must give credit both yeah, ways. He's affectionately known as Hoggy. So Hoggy, there you yep. are, mate. I've I've corrected that um, misdemeanor, whatever you want to call it. Or um, I wasn't at the, the original game, but he's come back strongly. So but, that's good to hear. Don't but, trust everything Dave tells you. No, but by all means, we we throw ourselves under the bus when we well, when yeah, we do, we, don't we, Brian? We do, for sure. <laughs> And the last game, we got Stanhope and Tally. Another ripper here. At Stanhope. I, I thought Stanhope were a bit disappointing mm. on the carpet last week. I really did. As Tim Hancock bowled well, and no doubt Shane Walsh's rink got up and defeated Josh Warren. Jamie Stokes was outstanding too in that rink as well. Yeah, She's well, become a and, really good third. And the two leading ladies from Shep Park played in that rink with Josh. Uh, Margaret Thorne leading and Diane second. Mm-hmm. And Peter Matthews, who skipped quite well last year as his third, he had a pretty good rink, mm-hmm. and um, you would say he had a stronger. They had a stronger team than Walsh's, wouldn't you? On paper, yeah, I think. Um, like Josh, Josh is bowling really well. Um, I don't know whether I think Di might be playing a bit out of position. You know, she's used to skipping a lot on Tuesdays. Good draw bowler, but I don't know whether third's probably more a go. Um, in, on, on in the Saturday stuff, so it'll be interesting to see whether they change that combination in, in due course. But certainly Shane Walsh and Jamie Stokes were outstanding in that rink last week. Yeah, it's a good effort to come there and win a rink on the carpet. And look, Stanhope will take it right up to Telly, but class has got to tell. Telly's, I think their performance against East shows that they've got, I think they're the second best side going around. I picked them to win it. Yep. So uh, they can only get better as the season goes on and yeah. I believe they'll win this 16-2 over at Stanhope. Well, I think um, I think Tally will win as well. They have um, – Guy Madigan was unavailable last Friday, so Glenn Pousty took his spot. So Madigan's come back in for Pousty leading for, for Robbo. Knowing Robbo being the competitor that he is, he wouldn't like being the only losing rink in a, in a good win like that. Um, so whether he tries to shore up his rink a little bit, um, you know, they've got a couple of options there because their their seconds are, you know, Brian Hogg from Benalla, he's got the potential there that he's playing second for Mark Ryan at the moment. He could possibly come up and play third to Robbo and, and maybe Mick Hanna go down to a second or something like that. But I still think they've got some tinkering to do there to really start hitting their straps. I think they'll beat Stanhope this week. They'll enjoy the quick quicker greens. They have done a little bit of tinkering, just yep. looking uh, at this team. Robbo's got Hannah uh, as third still, but Madigan's come back in as a second. Okay. With Kyle uh, Pugh. Pugh leading. Um, so a little bit of a change there. The rest of them look uh, pretty similar. Um, but uh, I'm going to go against you again here, boys, and tip Stanhope. Uh, they uh, really pushed golf on, uh, on their home green mm. a couple of weeks ago now, and um, I really think... That they'll have a bit of a point to prove after last week. Well, um, yeah, they are a much better side at home, aren't they? Certainly. Uh, so I'd say uh, two ranks each and a, a tight win to Stanhope. Yeah, well... Yeah, I reckon that's a big call. Well, I, I think it's got the potential to go down to the wire, but I think Tally's 
starting to to start um, not that they weren't taking it serious but I think they're starting to rise to that level a bit more in Division 1 now and they know that each week it can be a really hard fought contest whereas in Division 2 last year um, some weeks they could just turn up and win so they really know that they have to be on their game every week. Another one I wanted to quickly mention just before we finish up was um, Tyson Memmott leading for Mitch Sidebottom last week. Um, that's probably as good a game as I've seen him play. He was really consistent. I know last year he was actually out of their top side for a few weeks there and um, had to regain his confidence and ended up getting back into their Div 2 Premiership side. So um, he's a really important one. And I know Rhino's spoken about, you know, they're, they're, they know what their skips and thirds are capable of. It's their front end, their leads and their seconds that are really going to determine how far they can go this year. Um, and, and Tyson Memmott it's one of their, their leaders they'll be relying on. And I heard from a good, reliable source that Mick Hanna played very well against uh, East Shepparton last week. Against Peter Norton, who's um, been bowling really well for Brent, Brent Rayner. Yeah, so. a very, very good game, apparently. So well done, Mick. And that just shows you the depth they've got out there. Absolutely, yeah. And Russell Orchard leading. Um, yeah. There's another one who's a very... Well, he could play third. He could play third, yeah. Yeah. Certainly. Another jam-packed edition of After the Jack, boys. Thank you very much for uh, joining us. We've uh, once again ticked over a record length. <laughs> we, we probably buried the lead there a little bit with the uh, the Division One Grand Finals uh, at about the hour mark, but uh, we... We got there in the end. Thanks very much, Ash, for joining us. Nah, thanks for having me. I hope everyone's enjoying listening each week. And Brian, uh, once again, thank you very much for uh, all your hard work. Thanks, Tyler, and I'd like to endorse Ashley's comments about your interview with Matty Flapper. I thought you did a very good job and uh, look forward to um, his his appearance at Shep Golf and the the comments... Uh, following the game, no doubt you'll be out there, Tyler. You're um, giving up cricket this weekend. Well, uh, I do have a buy in cricket this weekend, uh, so well, that's it, uh, very fortunate. I may end up out there. We'll we'll see how we go, but can, can, uh, I'm sending we, the photographer but, out there. Yeah, no thanks to what. Ash for his input again, and good bowling to everyone. Can we get, get you on permit at Chet Park? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Yes. Well, we, a further discussion. Uh, he could off, have subbed this week for us. He yeah. could have. Make him an honorary member for today. <laughs> uh, we'll uh, we'll touch on that another week. But uh, thank you again, everyone, for joining us on After the Jack. After the Jack is brought to you by the Shepparton Bowl Shop. For all your lawn bowling needs, visit Lee and Chantel Wakenshaw at 101 Friar Street, Shepparton, or phone 5821-1556. That was After the Jack, a McPherson Media Group production.